though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because I'm the toughest mother in the valley. The sign was hand-printed beneath a picture of a rugged, unshaven World War II John Wayne-type Marine with fixed bayonet and fixed stare. The poster was the focal point of a clean, simple, and functional room. The bayonet pointed past filing cabinets and chairs toward a vacant desk labeled Officer of the Day. Three enlisted men draped over wooden chairs looked up with an absence of enthusiasm that told us that our arrival was not making their evening any less boring. I was beginning my military career by checking in at Camp Pendleton, a Marine training base in Southern California being used primarily as a staging area for personnel en route to Vietnam. It had been over a year since I received some friendly advice from my government, suggesting that I volunteer for a commission as a Navy doctor. As added encouragement, the same letter reminded me that student deferment days were over and enclosed a date to report for an induction physical as a 1A buck private candidate should I choose not to serve my country as an officer and a gentleman. When I accepted my commission, the Navy agreed to permit me to spend another year of internal medical residency training at the University Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan. About halfway through that additional year, I found out that my first year in the Navy would be spent with the Marines in the Republic of South Vietnam. From that point on, it was difficult to remain completely enthusiastic about the academic discussions on metabolic or renal rounds and the collection of esoteric pearls from medical journals seemed somewhat less important. The obvious good health of the yawning enlisted men scattered about the officer of the day's room was pleasant in itself. My last few weeks of civilian life had been spent in the hematology service where many of my patients were teenagers dying of leukemia. While investing much of my emotional energy in telling white lies of empty optimism, I had been the helpless observer of the waste and death of the young victims. I was fortunate that my work at the hospital had kept me extremely busy and left me little time for introspection and worry about the future. During the ten-minute ride from the front gate to our checkpoint, I was accompanied by a dentist and another doctor. We quickly sketched in our backgrounds and discussed our feelings about the impending 12,000-mile trip to South Vietnam. The dentist had become the father of his first-born child three days earlier, and he seemed inappropriately brave, optimistic, and almost happy. The other doctor was an orthopedic surgeon and former football player who did not seem to mind the return to the physical life of an all-male atmosphere. Repairing broken bones and dismembered bodies would be excellent practice for him. Their confidence and excitement made me almost embarrassed about my anxieties over treating badly wounded people and my fears of personal physical injury.